Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Today we're not doing any of that weak wax on wax off Miyagi-Do crap. We're here to strike first, strike hard, and show no mercy as we step into the most badass dojo in the valley with Cobra Kai on Normies Like Us. Daniel LaRusso here for LaRusso Auto. Something tells me there's a can of wax in my future. You've done your best. You're ready for this tournament, am I right? Yes, Sensei! Wrong! Cobra Kai never dies. We'll figure this out, all right? Just quit bitching at me. Welcome back. Like I said up top, it is Cobra Kai. We are in the valley. Well, in California anyway. Close enough. Jacob is in the valley. I am in the valley. (laughs) <laughs> Shouldn't have jumped the gun, though. Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'll be uh, Mikey Lawrence. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is Jacob-san. Um, Jacob LaRusso. Living Jacob in the, LaRusso, all right. And, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, I'm, in the, I'm up here in the San Fernando Valley, not to dox myself too much, but uh, so this is uh, particularly uh, something that, that is interesting to me for that reason. It is yeah, I do love um, the way they build on the, the fetishization of the valley. And it's like everything's for the soul of the valley in this series. Yeah, which is- and actually it's really funny. There's a lot of like really specific references to like streets and locations and stuff. So that's always, that's a really funny thing to, to see. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess welcome in uh, listeners, watchers, viewers. Um, we are doing Cobra Kai, the YouTube premium slash Netflix now phenomenon. Um, we're going to be right. talking about this. We're going to mention probably the original movies here and there, but this will be focusing more on Cobra Kai as its own thing. But there's a lot of overlap with things that happen in the show and events from the original films. So right. yeah, we're going to be doing Cobra Kai right now. Maybe in the future we'll go back and look at the old Karate Kid. Um, I do like how, you know, this series reframes a lot of stuff for the original movies and things like that. But I want to ask you, you know, up top, Jacob. Yes. Uh, Jacob was the only one joining me. The other ones are training in the dojo. So um, are you a fan of the Karate Kid movies? Have you seen them? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like a huge fan. Uh, I don't. I mean, I probably would like them if I went back and like rewatched them, but I mostly, I remember somewhat the first one. I don't know if I ever even saw like two and three, um, but I did, mm-hmm. I, I remember one and some of the classic scenes like, you know, wax on, wax off, all that kind of thing. Um, so I remember that and I, I liked it, but I, I guess I have to rewatch those now. Um, and especially like with, you know, the third season that just came out on Netflix, how much it ties into uh, Karate Kid 2 um, mm-hmm. definitely want, it makes me want to go back so I can kind of understand that a little better, too. Nice, nice, nice. What about yeah, you? I mean, there's a lot of... Oh, well, me. Uh, Karate Kid is probably my favorite movie of wow. all time. Of all time. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's challengers like in the Star Wars realm or uh, Lord of the Rings, obviously, as a trilogy is very good. But Karate Kid, I, I love it. I think it's the best 80s movie. It has the music. It has the cheesy teen drama. It's got a little bit of martial arts, which I'm a fan of. You know, so I love the original three movies, not so much the next Karate Kid, and I refuse to watch Jaden Smith's uh, Kung Fu Kid, as I call <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's not even Karate. You had the title right there. Just call it Kung Fu Kid, right. please. Jackie Chan. Yeah, which I, you know, I love Jackie, but uh, that's not what we're here for. Uh, yeah, I grew up, you know, big martial arts nerd. I was like a Karate Kid, you know, ninjas, right. any of that was on my radar. And I, I actually did Karate in real life in wow. high school. I got to blue belt so it's like purple then brown then black so i made it like so it's pretty halfway far. through completing the karate achievement yeah but uh, were you a karate kid i actually up um you? yeah i did i did a little karate when i was younger um i think a lot of people probably did but i think i was like i remember i had an orange belt at one point i think that's fairly low down on the totem pole but mm. um i was there there's a brown belt i don't know that's probably i don't know if i remember if i got that one but Generally, brown is right before black. Okay, so um, I definitely didn't get that far. But I think I was orange, yellow, something like that. I don't know the whole system, but I right, didn't right. make it too far, I don't think. I wonder if there's an international karate color ranking board right. that standardizes these things. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think the Power Rangers era, a lot of kids were actually getting into karate and stuff. And everybody was scared that it would lead to a lot more fights in schools, which <laughs> that's what we do see in this show later on. Yeah. So we'll get into it. Um, but before we get into it, I just, let's ask this then, you know, after seeing the show and all that, are you 
Cobra Kai or Miyagi Do? Or even Eagle Fang. Like, which would you <laughs> Eagle pick? Fang, it's kind of like um, Harry Potter, right? Yeah, which house are you in? Which dojo are you yeah. in? Um, I do mm. like the the original Cobra Kai. Not the original, but the, like, like Johnny and Miguel, like, season one. Like, that's really cool. Um, Miyagi-Do, mm-hmm. it's like, they're obviously supposed to be the good guys, right? But they're a little too, like, you know, defense only. You know, I, I like to be more more on the edgy side, you know, because I'm a cool guy. Yeah, totally. So, so. And not Eagle Fang, though. <laughs> I mean, Eagle Fang is cool, too. I mean, that's it's not anatomically correct, but it's a cool name for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the mythos, I'm with you, though. I'm Cobra Kai, but like the Johnny Lawrence sensei era. Now, I don't want Kreese teaching me, but I, no. if Johnny was my sensei, yeah, get me in Cobra Kai. Although, you know, Pat Maria, rest in peace, you know. It would be great to get some of that uh, old school Okinawan wisdom, um, but just something about the cool factor. Even say like in the show, like Cobra Kai, it's just the coolest fucking name. It's the most badass it is, name yeah. and of I, any faction. <laughs> I wanted to mention something about Karate Kid too, because I was actually looking, because yeah. I didn't remember the sequels that well or at all really, and because season three deals so heavily with, with Daniel going back to uh, Japan, Okinawa and everything. Mm-hmm and all the returning characters, I was like, well, I should, so I, I looked into like kind of the, basically I just read the plot on Wikipedia and watched some scenes on YouTube and stuff just to sort of familiarize myself. And when I was doing research, I didn't realize this, but Pat Morita actually was nominated for an Oscar for his role in the first Karate Kid movie. I never even realized that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually like a little known fact. And I, I love that movie. Like I've read the screenplay, Yeah, you know what I mean? And stuff too. But, um, the scene that he was nominated for is the one where he reminisces about how he found out that he lost his wife and child when she died in childbirth in the internment camps mm. while he was fighting for the U.S. in World War II. So it's like this oh, yeah. heartbreaking scene. And the producers wanted to cut it because they thought it was too much of a bummer and slowed the plot down. And that's the only Oscar the movie got nominated for. Right. Uh, so um, there's a lot of those themes playing throughout this, and we'll get into it. But yeah, nominated for an Oscar, Pat Morita for the first Karate Kid. And it's a, it's a great scene, man. Yeah, and this show definitely has like a, a huge reverence for uh, you know Miyagi and the character and and Pat Morita in general. So um, yeah, he kind of is like watching over the whole like you know he trained Daniel, and now Daniel's passing on his his lessons. So I like that aspect of it a lot. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think, like you said, it's treated with reverence. And it's one of the few cases, in my opinion, not to show my hand, but where something that's made 30 years later is actually additive to the original. I think the series overall, despite some flaws, makes the original movies better Yeah, in a lot of ways. Okay, yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, you know, obviously... Not perfect. But right. It, I think, you know, the, I'll tell you how I kind of came into it. Well, you were watching it on YouTube when it was originally airing, like season one, yes. and you were saying how good it was and stuff. And I didn't check it out right away, but eventually I caught up when it got on Netflix. And, you know, the new trend now, or the, the trend has been all these old properties, you kind of soft reboot them with the original main characters, usually as adults. And then there's like some new kid characters that take over. Um, and normally, you know, they're not very good, right? You got like Saved by the Bell and Fuller mm-hmm. House and all these different sitcoms and stuff doing this. Um, this oh, yeah, one, that's right. Yeah, this one, I got to say, though, like, it really is better than I expected it to be. And it's better than like, I feel like it has really any right to be. And I think it does um, kind of expand on the, the universe, the Miyagi verse um, in a, in a positive way. No, I absolutely agree with you a hundred percent. And yeah, with that being said, how about we jump right into it? Let's talk the uh, YouTube premium turned uh, Netflix original Cobra Kai uh, coming up next on normies like us. Get punch. See ya! Hey! Welcome back, Cobras. We're here with Jacob, Normies Like Us. We are talking Cobra Kai. We should say up top, this will be a spoiler-filled discussion for all three seasons. Also, maybe light spoilers or full spoilers for the original movies if we touch on events that overlap in those plot points. So uh, just be be prepared. I also want to say that... um I don't want to be called Jacob anymore. From now on, I'm going. I'm going to be called Mongoose. So mongoose. that's my that's my cool nickname. I'm going to get like a tattoo of a mongoose, and it's going to be really cool. 
So mongoose is what kill cobras. Is that a yeah. are you a rival now? Are you starting your own dojo? I'm starting my own dojo. Um, <laughs> yeah, mongoose. Yeah, but yeah, I really this show is um, a lot better than I even expected it to be. I was expecting it to be fun, and it is really fun. But um, overall, I think it's really good. I mean, I think some stuff in the second and third seasons is a bit more hit and miss. And I just finished the third season, um, so I definitely want to hear your opinion on the trajectory of the show so far. Um, yeah. I think it was probably the strongest in season one. I really like the relationship between Johnny, Lawrence, and Miguel. And also kind of the dynamic with, with his son, Robbie, and his um, kind of surrogate son, Miguel. And then Robbie starts training with Daniel. And just that whole dynamic was really fun. And uh, with the later seasons, they're still really good um, for the most part. I think they're a bit more hit or miss depending on what character they're kind of focusing on. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, though? Yeah, well, first of all, before what I think, I mean, season one is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and season two and three are both at 89%. Mm. So it's really well received. And me personally, I do think it has really strong points and some, you know, not so strong points. And I think generally when it's at its best is when it's dealing with directly, specifically Johnny and Miguel and then by extension, Daniel. And I think it's at its worst when it's doing this teen drama Yes. To a degree. But I think... I would... Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of different characters that kind of get expanded in the later seasons, especially... I just finished the third season, and it's a little different because Miguel and Robbie... I mean, it's all kind of dealing with the fallout of this big fight in the second season, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone's kind of dealing with what happened. Miguel is in the hospital. Robbie is in juvie and they're kind of out of the action for a lot of this season so it starts a little bit slower and it's focusing on some of the side characters which kind of for me was a bit more hit or miss like i said but i think it it still kind of wraps up really strongly and still leaves me interested for season four which they're shooting now yeah yeah and i'm definitely interested in season four and and as i was you know thinking back on it too Um, I think the heart of the show is obviously Johnny Lawrence, who lost the big tournament in the first movie, and he's kind of never grew up. You know, he's kind of the guy who never grew out of high school. He's a loser now. And then uh, Daniel's successful. He has a family. He has a big house. Whereas in the original movie, Johnny was the rich kid with the nice house and Daniel didn't have shit. So now they've kind of switched places. Right. Um, But you mentioned you like the way uh, the amount of reverence shown to Pat Morita in this and through the way Daniel kind of reflects on his time and his passing his lessons down. But I really think that Johnny is a lot more like Miyagi than even Daniel is because he's literally um, a handyman. You know, he's working as hanging up the TVs. Right. He literally takes a kid under his wing and be- who becomes a son to him. And he's in a, his own way dealing with the loss of his own son and wife because he's you know, separated from her and he's estranged from Robbie in a similar way that Miyagi was. And he also likes his, uh, his Coors Light and the same way Miyagi gets drunk in his Oscar scene. So they're, they're dealing with the loss of a, a wife and a child and finding someone new. And there's a bit of a uh, knocking them back to deal with it element to it. So they are very similar. And, and I like that a lot. Totally. And with the first season, I really like how it handles Daniel and Johnny and kind of the switch where Daniel's now like this successful, um, you know, car dealership owner. And Mm -hmm. that's another really funny uh, Valley reference because there's a lot of car dealerships. Like if you go down to like Van Nuys Boulevard, like it's just a bunch of car dealerships. (laughs) So I know exactly like where his, his, his work would be and everything. And he's living in like the rich part of town now. And it kind of almost makes Daniel more of a villain. Um, Like he's still, you know, sympathetic too, but he's he's kind of a, an antagonist to Johnny because Johnny and Miguel are really the main characters of the first season, and Daniel is almost kind of like takes on the villain role while still being sympathetic. Um, and I think it's an it's a very interesting dynamic because it kind of shows that there's really not you know specifically bad or good people. Um, even now with with you know putting John Kreese into it um, as more of the straightforward bad guy he even has like a sympathetic backstory now too so to a degree yeah he does that's that's absolutely right and um you know there was that famous you know fan theory of uh oh daniel's actually the bad guy and johnny's actually the good guy that was going around before this was even in production and i I like the kind of play into that and as such a big fan of the original movie 
Like Daniel does have a tendency to be impatient and be kind of bratty and be a little yeah, he ar- kind arrogant of be at times. arrogant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And he's kind of thinks he has everything figured out, and you know his way is like the the right way. And, and Johnny is more the everyman, and he kind of is like, well, you know, fuck this rich guy. Like, you know, I'm doing it my way and stuff. So I kind of I like that about that too. Yeah, I mean, they point out in the edit where it's like they say no one bothered Daniel Larusso until the tournament, and then as soon as he has the protection spell on him he starts antagonizing johnny at school like like an asshole you know so right you see those character traits for both of them and even learning that you know johnny yeah he was rich and had all the stuff but his stepdad was a huge ass to him you know and um just adding those layers to these characters and then seeing how they become mentors because that's the whole season one you know is, is the tournament it's basically redoing karate kid one uh karate kid two is them trying to mentor the kids but the kind of call to personality around both of them gets out of hand. Yeah. Um, it results in Miguel getting paralyzed. I mean, it's all very over the top. Like if you think about it, like these two competing dojos, like the whole Valley is like in on this whole drama and like mm-hmm. former friends are turning on each other and stuff, but um, it's fun. And like Robbie, uh, Johnny's son, mm-hmm. they have an interesting dynamic and then he starts getting mentored by, Daniel, and then there's also Samantha LaRusso on, mm-hmm. you know, Team Miyagi-Do, uh, Daniel's daughter. And then her her character is kind of interesting for me because they kind of make her sort of unlikable at certain times because she, you know, she's in a relationship with Miguel at first, and then she breaks up with him to, to be with Robbie, and then she cheats on Robbie with Miguel again. So it's just, she's kind of instigating a lot of this drama and uh but i want to like her you know that is kind of a karate kid thing though because karate kid one it's ali in the middle and then daniel and johnny are fighting then karate kid two it's chosen and and, um kumiko you know fighting over her and then karate kid three there's even a a love triangle element in the club when um terry silver gets him to punch a guy for no reason Mm. um so it's kind of a karate kid trope but you know yeah, and it's interesting, um, speaking of, you know, those characters, they're really pulling out all the stops in this season, bringing back uh, some of the characters from Karate Kid 2 when Daniel goes to Okinawa, and then at the end, even bringing back uh, Elizabeth Shue as Allie. Um, I guess she took some time off from running Vought to uh, come visit <laughs> uh, the Valley, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was I was really shocked that the people that they're bringing back, you know, and I, I love Elizabeth Shue, you know, like, you know, probably my childhood crush as a big Karate Kid fan. Um, but even the Okinawa actors, um, by the way, Kumiko was in Picard as Commodore O. Okay. The older. And, and what's crazy is all of the actors that they got were the original actors from yeah, the original Yeah, I was movie. looking into that. Even the even the little girl that he saves in the storm is the same actress too because I couldn't figure out if that was true. I, I did. I was able to track that down, and it is the same girl. Wow, that's amazing. And I was like, even her, you know, and and it's just crazy how they tied in. And I love um this this whole show is about flipping things um, upside down. So when Daniel is like, oh, I'll go to Okinawa to try to save the auto dealership. Uh, and then he thinks it's going to be this mystic. They start the pan flute, and then he arrives, right. and it's like all it's a the long American commercialized and everything. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, what I like about that, too, is it also, it also doesn't just only do, like, the most obvious thing, because he goes there, and at first he's, like, really disappointed, and he's like, oh, like, what happened to the village? And then he talks to this lady, and she's like, well, actually, like, this kind of, like, worked out a lot better, because now they have, like, jobs, and they're not going to, like, lose their houses and stuff, because, you know, they weren't their crops weren't growing. So, in a, in a way, like, it's actually really good, and then, and then Daniel kind of has to, like, you know, reckon with, like, you know, his, his idea of what... what it used to be, which is, you know, he's kind of living in the past and like not living, you know, it's been modernized and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big theme of the show is that you need to move, you know, forward from the past and change. And I think the idea that anyone can change the idea that Johnny can change. And even throughout the season, he starts his teaching, you know, Cobra Kai, strike first, strike hard, no mercy, literally no mercy. And then after the first tournament, he starts being like, you know what, that's, that's kind of not what I want to teach my students, you know, maybe right. use your head a little bit more. Don't be ruthless, you know, and so he starts to adapt and um, Daniel needs to adapt, too, because he has seen many times being vengeful, like kicking the boba thing. And, you know, he, he does get petty at, at times and yeah. he needs to reel himself back and seeing Kumiko and them, 
even Chosen, who fought him to the death, you know, teaching him lessons. Like, even the guy who wanted to kill you is, like, able to evolve and is now, like, a better person, right? And I think that's really cool. Except for Kreese. He's still an asshole. Well, that's the thing. They had to bring back, you know, because Johnny, they're making him more of a sympathetic character, they needed to actually have a real villain. So, they bring in Kreese. Um, I also really like how uh, Chosen does the nose honking thing. That's like a reference Karate to Kid uh, 2, yeah. Karate Kid 2. Um, uh, yeah, but like the the way the even just started, like with, with Johnny seeing Miguel getting bullied and he's like, well, I'm going to teach this kid to like stand up for himself, like because he was a bully in high school. So he's kind of like breaking that pattern. So I really like that aspect of it too. Yeah. And it's it's sort of like you know, Karate Kid 1 with Miyagi where like Miyagi doesn't like offer to help right away. He like fixes the bike and then like slowly he comes around when he he feels like he deserves it. But even Johnny's like right away he's ignoring it. Then they push him into the car and then now it's about the car, but really it's about the kid and kind of it's like Daniel kind of saved Miyagi and we learned that in season three with the final letters he wrote to her. Like I feel like I'm part of the family and I'm really thankful for Daniel coming in my life. Same thing with Miguel. Miguel really saved Johnny from going down to the dark hole of totally, yeah, of because Kors he's banquet. kind of becomes his like reluctant sensei at first, and he's yeah. So I think um, Miguel helps Johnny as much as Johnny helps Miguel, and that's what really made the first season stand out. I think is their relationship, um, and yeah, with season three. Uh, you know, Miguel's in the hospital for a long time and he's, you know, he has to learn to walk again. So it's kind of dealing with a lot of the more real aspects of like these kids are like beating each other up and like that has actually has consequences. Um, but then of course, by the end of the season, he's like fighting again, like in the, in the, like the big climactic fight at Daniel's house, which I was like, uh, I don't think, you know, you were almost paralyzed. I don't think you should be fighting at all really, (laughs) but yeah, right now. Um, yeah, the doctor would not uh, let you go back into the NFL at that point, but, um, no, but this is also a show where someone's broken arm healed in like a week. So, yeah. right, right. I mean, but, in the original movie, you, you get your broken knee, you do a little bit of hand rubbing and some, right. some magic healing, but pressure points and stuff. I, I think even as ridiculous as it gets, the, the most ridiculous it gets is like Karate Kid three, maybe. Um, but it's never like as over the top as the action we see in this because it's a show. They have to have so many more action scenes and that's really where it loses me. You know, Mm. it's like with, even though let's say the brawl in the end of the second season, there's some really nice choreography in that long take. And it's like, it's pretty impressive. It's just, it's of a scale and a scope that's pushing, um, kind of my suspension of disbelief. Right. Well, yeah, it's all very like silly and over the top if you think about it, but the choreography, I think, throughout the show is pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's like these two, like, th- these teens should not be allowed to be fighting so often, but they are. And, like, their school is really bad at, like, handling it. Um, and people are, like, seriously getting hurt and they're still fighting and, and their parents can't seem to stop it. So it's it's all, like, a little unbelievable. But, like, they have to keep the action scenes because, like, you know, the show's about karate, you know? It's a cruel... Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a weird tone shift from the movies where it's like there was some bullying in school, maybe pushing yeah. somebody over. But it's much more like realistic. Brawl. Yeah. Right. So you kind of got to take that with it. But um, I think at the end of the day, it, you know, it's entertaining enough. The choreography is good. You just kind of go with it. And the character moments between the senseis and their students, like that's the real heartbeat of it. And those are really strong. Even some of the new characters. I mean, we've talked off the pod about how Hawk actually became like a really complex character. I have to say actually, yeah, like Hawk has one of the best like character arcs of anyone in this whole show. Mm -hmm. Um, Going from like the shy bullied kid to becoming like super confident in, you know, in himself and, and cool and and, like, you know, he gets a Mohawk. So in, in, in everything, but uh, then he actually goes too far and becomes the bully himself. And then he, 
you know, he's, he's, he's bullying his, his old friend. And then by the, by the end of the third season, he kind of realizes what he's become and he has to like reconcile with that. He's kind of like the Kylo Ren of this whole of Cobra Kai, if you think about it. And, and weirdly kind of done better in my opinion. Um, yeah. Cause the rise of Skywalker was a little rushed, but like that idea, that exact idea uh, with Hawk kind of, being the bully kid, becoming the bully, going too far and having to rein it back. I love that because actually in my notes, while I was watching this, I started to really understand The Last Jedi a little bit more. Right. Because I was imagining like seeing Robbie, for example, and like seeing Johnny as Luke Skywalker trying to say train, you know, Kylo or something. And then they go too far or whatever. And then like feel that feeling of failure. Like even when Miguel got hurt, just feeling like you let down your student who like you really care about. And how does he come back to like even wanting to teach, you know, and like seeing that journey with Johnny, I was like, you know what? Okay. Last Jedi, I guess. Right. Totally. Um, Cause there, there is a lot of star Wars here because star Wars is fathers and sons. And in a weird way, it's senseis and students is kind of a, a mentoring father, son esque relationship, sort of like, uh, Yoda is to Luke as Luke is to Kylo and Ray is Miyagi is to Daniel like Daniel is to Samantha and Robbie etc. Right, and I was actually really feeling the Star Wars connections at the end of the third season with the um, when Daniel goes to the Cobra Kai dojo and uh, you know John Kreese is there with Robbie and then Johnny shows up and there's a lot of father son stuff going on and John Kreese is kind of like the emperor and he's kind of like trying to get Robbie to like turn on his father and stuff and so yeah it really reminded me of that (laughs) that's true yeah yeah like if if Johnny for say was Darth Vader then the emperor would be Kreese yeah right (laughs) yeah a lot of sense and Robbie's is Luke but um something yeah with the third season something that didn't work for me as well though, is like just the kids are like constantly switching um, like allegiances, like mm-hmm. Miguel and Robbie basically switch, you know, entirely switch their characters in the third season from where they were in the second season. Um, so it's kind of like, it's a little soap opera ish at times, I think um, just like the, the, the teen drama angle of it all. Yeah. But it's like, still like, fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little much, but again, it's a show that I think, I think it's targeted at a younger audience, but it also knows that there's, you know, boomers and people like us who've seen the original movie. So it's serving both audiences and it's, it kind of feels like a different show depending on what scene is on. Yes, very much Um, so. And I think the newer characters, like specifically, I think Tori is a very underdeveloped character. She has moments, but I really don't like her that much. She's kind of one dimensional. What do you think about her? Well, yeah, they kind of bring her in and there's kind of a love square with um, Samantha, (laughs) her, Robbie and Miguel, where they're like constantly switching, um, you know, relationships. And they kind of bring her in to be like the antagonist to Samantha. Um, She like even she has like a sympathetic backstory of like, you know, she's she's, you know, uh, living with her mom. They're not, you know. They're, they're they don't have a lot of money or anything. By. Yeah. And so like Kreese kind of takes her under his wing and even Kreese is given like the sympathetic story with the, the Vietnam flashbacks, which we can talk about in a minute too. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, she's definitely underdeveloped like her. And then they bring back Kyler, the bully from the first season. Um, oh man. I love Kyler. Yeah. That actor. He's yeah. so good at being douchey. I don't know. He doesn't do much, but he's fun. Right. I like that. They kind of bring him in as just like, he's like the irredeemable bully because they wanted to bring Hawk kind of back to the good side. So they're like, well, at least Hawk's not as bad as like Kyler. And now there's like the distinct, like, you know, the really bad guys in, in Cobra Kai. And now there's like Eagle Fang, which is kind of like somewhere in the middle now, um, which mm-hmm. is really just the old Cobra Kai people. But um, and now they're kind of teaming up against um, Cobra Kai for the fourth season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, touching on, I guess, Crease, because you did mention that's a big part of the third you know, besides Daniel and the Okinawa connections is you get a backstory for Kreese, which we never really get. In the third movie, they mentioned, oh, you saved my ass in Vietnam. You know, Silver tells him. Right. Now we get to see him saving his ass in Vietnam. And we learn a lot about his motivations. And I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think um, at first they weren't really working for me. Like these Vietnam, like the whole Kreese flashback storyline. It's a little slow build up because I didn't know where it was going. But by the end of it, I was like, oh, I get it. Like it, it, it makes sense. And um it kind of shows why Kreese to a certain degree is the way he is because um, 
you know, how he learned from his, his own sensei, so to speak. And, um, he took those lessons, you know, with him and now he's kind of teaching that. So even he gets a somewhat sympathetic backstory to explain why he is the way he is. Yeah. And I mean, when, when we first meet him, there's a jock guy walking into the diner with his girl and we think it's going to be the guy with the Letterman right, jacket, right. but he's just the bus boy. But the guy in the Letterman jacket is Marvin Cove's actual son. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, a little Easter egg. But uh, yeah, you see him being kind of timid. He stands up for the girl and stuff. But when he's in Vietnam, he hesitates and it gets him all captured and a couple of his guys killed. So that's where he learns. Yeah, you have to be ruthless. You have to strike hard. You have to destroy your enemy or yes. you're going to, you know, be and destroyed. And that's what his his captain was trying to teach him. Um, and when they're fighting over the pit of snakes, you get like, oh, that's you know, where he got the Cobra Kai name from. And then mm-hmm. his friend Silver is there and he's like, oh, you saved my ass. Like, I owe you for life. So, you know, like that's going to tie in. Like he's, they kind of hinted that they're, they're going to bring him back for the fourth season. Um, yep. So it's all just very funny how, how much they've like expanded this cinematic universe basically um, to the point where there's going to be at least four seasons of a TV show based on these movies. Oh, yeah. And there was uh, four movies. So I guess that makes sense. Not counting the Jaden Smith reboot again. Um, And yeah, I like the idea of where the Cobra Kai style comes from. It's like um, this fusion. I mean, they mentioned Tang Sudo, which is an old Korean martial art that's like older than Taekwondo. And it's based on, in part, Shotokan karate, which is from Okinawa. So in a weird way, it's all kind of tied back. So it is like a karate variant. And you know, even like their military guy who taught him hand to hand could have presumably learned some Tang Sudo in the Korean War because right. he's an older dude. And yeah. then now he's in Vietnam. And it's just it's just interesting stuff like that. It's it's fascinating. Um, yeah. The fact it, they're it able to tie so much together and make it work somehow. Yeah, because they've mentioned the Tang Sudo thing in the third movie. Terry Silver just kind of throws it out there and it's like, oh, OK. And then now they kind of bring that back again. And uh, nothing slips by these writers and that's what i appreciate no details too small for them to like dig up yeah and it holds up to like scrutiny like um a lot of these reboot stuff like they're kind of play fast and loose with the original material but this like they really stick they stay true to you know who the characters are and stuff and i also think they do fan service in a way that um works because they bring in like elements like like bringing in Elizabeth Shue, they don't just bring her in for no reason. Like, and they don't do something like stereotypical, like have her get in like a love triangle with Johnny and Miguel's mom, which I was, I was kind of so expecting. worried about that. Yeah. I was kind of expecting them to do that. And then, but they didn't. And really it's just about him getting closure with her. And like, that's, I think a much better way to bring her in. So I think they really understand how to use fan service in a way that works. Oh yeah. It's, it's airtight. And yeah, I love that. She's the one who kind of started off this rivalry, you know, not on purpose, but just kind of by, by proxy, they were both kind of wanting to get with her. And then she's the one who's like, you guys are more alike than you think. And you got to just, you know, right. skip past it. And then now they're teaming up against crease and it took Allie to, to do that. Yeah. For them, you know, and it's interesting because I was actually doing some research and Elizabeth Shue was really hesitant to even come back because like I, she did some interview during season one and was like kind of um, not that interesting coming back. And I know she mm-hmm. apparently because they kind of wrote her out of the, you know, of the sequels and just had her break up with Daniel. And then she's out of the whole, you know, two and three. But um, yeah, she's just gone. So I think she didn't like the way that, you know, she was written out, but she did eventually come back. And I think it really works. Yeah, I mean, and it is great to have her back. And I don't think she she didn't overstay her welcome. I think she did exactly what she needed to do for the story. Right. Um, and it's always good to see her. And then even the, the original Cobra Kai guys, you know, they get to get together yeah. for one last motorcycle ride. Bobby, uh, Bobby, who famously swept the leg. Right. Um, he's a, he, he's he's a, a preacher pastor. now, pastor. Yeah. And then the and, one uh, guy has cancer. And then that actor actually in real life died after they film that so that's kind of crazy too yeah and what's crazy you know he's he's the get him a body bag guy from the original and the last shot i I guess you know you film it when he's alive and the last thing you see is him going in a body bag it's like oh that's like the line yeah but then finding out that he did die uh shortly thereafter it's kind of sad um yeah but but it's kind of like they uh, were able to match his real life it's kind of like poetry it rhymes 
you know? Yeah, it's very weird. But they were able to get those guys together. All the original, except for Dutch, who was in prison, which that, um, he, he's someone's son. I can't remember who played Dutch in the original. But, mm. um, you know, getting those guys back, too. It's like anyone that's available and willing, they're going to go get. So we can only imagine if Hillary Swank and maybe, obviously, it seems like Terry Silver is going to be back. And hopefully Mike Barnes, the, the bad boy of karate from the third yeah. movie. And they even, like, even in um, earlier seasons, they brought back Daniel's mom from the originals. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, yeah, and of course, the characters uh, in Japan from uh, Karate Kid 2, which um, the girl, I didn't even, like, I thought it was probably the same actress, but she looks a lot different. Um, like, I couldn't really tell that she was the same actress, but... She does look a lot different, but yeah. I had to look it up. Um, yeah, but that's that's really cool, and then and chosen and everything, um, and it kind of made me want to go back and like rewatch like all these movies, so I understand more of the references because I did get some of them, but I'm sure I missed some some smaller details that that real real fans will pick up on. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's even episode titles like you know, uh, take a right, check it out. Like there was a line in the first movie, "Hey, take a right," and then one of the episodes when they're going on the road trip with the Cobra guys is called "Take a Right." Like there's they literally have airtight references to everything, and it is awesome seeing it all come back, uh, especially someone as, you know, a benign of a character as the girl who was saved in a tsunami, like getting that same yeah. act. You could have just recast somebody, but right, you didn't. Totally. You made the effort, and that is so awesome to me. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, um, and then even with the locations and stuff, and I was doing a little research, like where they shoot this, they mostly shoot mm. it in Atlanta, but some certain exteriors they do shoot. Oh, those traders. Um, yeah, but it's probably a lot cheaper to shoot in Atlanta, but they do certain mm. exteriors here in LA in the Valley. And, um, you know, living in the San Fernando Valley, um, it's, it's funny just seeing the, the specific references they make. And I don't get the feeling that like in real life karate is like that popular here, but I, it's, it seems like more like mixed martial arts is like the thing now. So like, that's actually really popular. There's a lot of dojos around, um, for MMA specifically. So I think that's kind of taken over traditional karate. What do you think oh, about yeah. that? I, and that, that's true. And like, I even like that, um, Miguel is like, what was that? Was that Taekwondo? Cause even in LA, like I see a ton more Taekwondo schools yeah. than I do karate schools. And I like that it's still like Johnny and Dan are just like, it's fucking karate, man. <laughs> right. It's the Valley. The None of this valley other crap tournament. matters. Right. Just karate. And even when they have the city council meeting, they're like, I don't know why everyone in the Valley cares about karate <laughs> right. so much, it is, which is nice. Yeah. And it kind of like all these high school kids just suddenly got interested in karate, you know, and they're on competing dojos. Um, but even in the first season when Daniel goes into like the, the board, the committee meeting of, you know, for the, the karate tournament and he's kind of like a superstar cause he's like, you know, the two time champ from when he was a kid. And so right. he's kind of like, just like a local hero and, um, just, it's, it's, it's really funny, but they're like struggling and then he's, he want, you know, they want to revitalize it and stuff in the first season. And I'm hoping, you know, in season four, we get, we get to see more tournament action. It seems like they're building up to that. Oh, yeah, it absolutely does, because it's like um, the first movie like, no, we'll, we'll settle this at the tournament. So Kree says we'll settle it the old school way at a tournament. Don't don't sue me because right. I sent children to go to your house and assault your children. Yeah, you there's know? been multiple assaults <laughs> and, you know, someone's arm was broken. Someone was, you know, paralyzed, but um, breaking and entering. Yeah, maybe intent to kill. We had we had attempted murder by drowning when Tori was trying to right, drown yeah. Sam. I That's kind of where, like, you know, it can fall apart at times. Cause it's supposed to be like this fun thing. And then like, it gets too serious sometimes where it's like Tori almost killing, you know, Samantha LaRusso. And it's like, Jesus, like, you know, take it back a notch, you know? Yeah. It's a little, little much there, but I guess chosen wasn't a fight to the death with Daniel in the second movie. So right. who knows? Maybe the MMA. I like that angle. Let's just start speculating some, um, season four. We can talk about whatever, but it's, yeah. What if, um, Mike Barnes comes back, Karate's bad boy with Terry Silver, and they've got MMA techniques that they start teaching mm. Robbie. You yeah, know, sweep the leg. Cause, yeah, I think Robbie needs to go full dark side, you know, because he seems like that's what's happening with him because he literally kicked a kid off a balcony, doesn't seem to show much remorse, didn't write to his girlfriend, and then was pissed off when she hooked up with the guy he almost killed. Right. Like, and he, he's he's so mad, and he's joining Crease willingly, so he's he's dark side now, man. Yeah, and it's just interesting because, like, Miguel was, like, the bad boy in season two, and Robbie was, like, 
you know, the good boy because he was training with LaRusso's and then now it's just totally switched and Miguel and Samantha are back together and it seems like um, Robbie and uh, Tori are going to get together probably. So it's just a whole, it's a love square, but um, now it's a hate square. Yeah. And, but just seeing, um, you know, the final shot with uh, Johnny and Daniel coming in together to teach the the combined dojos it's just like actually got me kind of excited for for the next season to be honest Yeah, and like I said, you know, the phone call with Crease. I want to know what's happening with Terry Silver because that that character was so fun in the third movie. If you haven't seen it in a while, you got to go back and watch it. But Daniel talked about it in the third season. I was like, you know, I, I once joined Cobra Kai because I didn't think Miyagi Do was good enough. Right. And that's like Terry Silver seduced him to the dark side, and it's like and that's kind of what's yeah, happening Daniel's with Robbie. Always had that. Exactly right. Yeah. And so they're just doing the same play they've always done, and it's just going to be now we have joining forces which we never got you know we get ray and kylo on the same side now right um and um another thing i like is just how many different characters they're able to like bring back and like keep things fresh like with kyler coming back um to you know kind of be one of the villains with with hawk kind of joining the good guys again and then you have mm-hmm. like Assface and his friend who are like, you know, the, the kind of started as background characters, but became more bigger parts. They're the guys who are plugging WWE merch the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> They're always wearing like wrestling shirts and talking about Chris Jericho. Right. Yeah. And then there's even like the little kids like Bert and whatever the other kid's name is. It's just funny. Um, I hope it's Ernie. Ernie, yeah, um, it should be. <laughs> But he gets beat up too, and he's wearing the same sunglasses that Daniel wears in the original movie to hide his black oh. eyes. So that's like a little reference. Okay. But yeah, I like that too. What do you think about Stingray? I think he Stingray, was really fun. Um, it's cheesy, cheesy, yeah. but yeah. that was like one of the more over the top elements where it's like, well, this this guy in real life, I don't think he would be allowed to be in a, a dojo with you know teenagers. But and then in the third season, they're like, yeah, that guy, we fired him. Like he was, <laughs> you know, he can't work at the school anymore. <laughs> Um, and I think like he didn't even work here, right? (laughs) We didn't didn't even hire him. Um, and with the transition to Netflix, I feel like they've kind of maybe got a little bigger budget and they're kind of writing out some of the elements that, um, weren't that realistic in the second season, um, or just writing out some characters that they didn't know what to do with anymore. Like with, um, Samantha's friend from who joins Cobra Kai, Aisha, she gets written out in the third season, which I thought was interesting, but they also bring back, Kyler and they bring back the cheerleader Boldy girl from the first season. Um, and there's the other, and she kind of popular girl up that, with Dimitri yeah. or couples up. Well, yeah, with her. her friend okay. from the first season, like kind of becomes good and you know, she's, she's dating Hawk for a little bit and then she becomes oh, yeah, like, this becomes like the voice of reason. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, I just love how they kind of take like these characters that start as bullies and turn them good or start good and, 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 you know, just the different arcs that these these characters have. It's really interesting. Oh, yeah. I like the moment. There's just a quick one when, when Hawk is trying to show he's got game. So he goes to talk to the girl in the party to show that he's over Moon. But then it turns out that that's Moon's new girlfriend. Oh, so he's yeah. like trying to spit game. And it's like, oh, it's shut down. Right. Dude. And Hawk um, really just is such an interesting character. Because I was just rooting for him so much when he goes from shy, bullied kid to like super badass. But then he goes too far. And it's just kind of, um, it's kind of a good I mean, lesson. Literally, yeah, he Mufasa's Dimitri literally breaks his arm, you know, betrays his best yeah. friend. Yeah, you know? and they were like Miguel's first two friends when he, you know, came to the school. Like, they were like, it was the three of them. And then they kind of have a split. So, it's good to see Hawk kind of finally come to his senses. Um, and I think, not to read too much into it, but I think you can kind of see some, you know... Uh, uh, kind of real life um, morals to this with uh, like certain like, you know, if you see, you know, someone getting into like, you know, the far right kind of like, you know, hate groups and stuff like this kind of the I think the lesson of like, especially season three is that instead of like trying to fight people, we should be trying to like deprogram hate and like, you know, mm. um, recondition people to like, you know, become better people again, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and even just the the responsibility of a mentor to recognize that when they are potentially 
using the wrong ideas to teach young people and trying to catch themselves in that. And like the personal responsibility also with if you're acting on bad information, a la, you know, Robbie or something, you need to own up to that. Right. You know, and as well with Johnny bringing John Kreese back in the second season and then kind of realizing that that was a mistake and he doesn't want to be like that anymore. And he's kind of growing from that and becoming a better person. Yeah. And, and learning like the kind of things with the cycle of abuse, you know, for example, you know, Johnny didn't have his dad. He had a shitty stepdad. So he leaned into Kreese to be his father figure. And then he was, you know, treated poorly. And then he's treating his student poorly, calling him names and stuff, you know. Right. Um, he's learning to grow out of that, you know, in the same way that Daniel needed the father figure. But Miyagi wasn't abusive towards Daniel the way that Kreese was towards Johnny. And how does he break out of that pattern and recognize it, you know, in himself right. to where even he didn't want to be a father to his own son. It's just, there's crazy layers here totally. when they're not doing spin kicks, you know, in school. Yeah. And I mean, like Johnny, he's not a bad person. And if he had like his own Miyagi growing up, he could have to tur turned out totally different. Um, so it just took him a little longer to realize that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, it is interesting. There's a lot of layers there. There's definitely lessons I think you can take from it much the same way, you know, you would have it in the original movie, you know, all the Miyagi isms and, you know, idioms and stuff he's, he's spitting out. Um, it, you get that here, you know, just on a different side. And I think there's definitely things you can learn about morality and doing the right thing and, you know, forgiveness and moving past hurt. There, there's a lot going on with it, which is what I find the most interesting is you took this dumb thing from the 80s. Yeah. And totally flesh it out into like i said something that's totally additive right to the original canon totally and i never would have thought they would got like three seasons now it's going to be four seasons at least of material out of this but they have somehow and i kind of wonder how long it can go on for because they do have to kind of keep like making drama or manufacturing drama um between characters that probably you know over you know eventually will learn to you know get along but they have to keep you know, to keep the drama up. So there's, you know, fights that can happen and stuff. Cause you got to keep the karate fights and stuff. So I just wonder how far it can go, but it, definitely another season for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, let's, let's ask this then. I'm hoping season four is the last season. Cause I, I don't want it to overstay. It's welcome. Right. I think it's really amazing what it's done so far, but I think four would be enough. How do you feel about that? I agree with you because I mean, I'm not sure how far they could go after that. Um, it seems like, yeah, uh, the climax of season four will be the All Valley Tournament again, and we can have all the different um, kid, you know, characters be a part of that. Um, yeah. And and you just got to get rid of, I mean, season four, obviously, it's going to lead to a tournament. There's probably going to be shenanigans leading up to it with Terry and maybe Mike Barnes. We'll see if they come in, but it's it seems highly likely that they will, considering they've already shown flashbacks of Terry Silver training him with the Quicksilver method and things like that. So obviously it'll culminate with them getting run out of town and we assume Johnny getting his dojo back. And then it, it I think it'll still be Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai, but right. it'll be the new but it won't be Johnny as, Lawrence doctor. Yeah, and it won't be as antagonistic of a relationship because another thing I really like about the show is um, every scene with Daniel and Johnny where they're slowly um, kind of maybe becoming friends a little bit, you know, and it, it, but it's, it didn't happen all at once. And it's, you know, the, even the scenes they're in together are pretty limited, but, uh, when they, you know, especially in the first season, when they actually, um, get in the same room together, you can kind of see the growth in their relationship over the course of three seasons. Yeah. And that's really great to see. And at the end, yeah, you just want them to bury the hatchet and move on as adults, you know, and when he's like, Oh, you know, my dad was a huge asshole, but you probably wouldn't understand that. And then Daniel's like, well, my dad died when I was eight. And it's like, Oh wow. We have more in common than we knew. Right. And and that's um, what I love about that. Uh, the scene with Allie at the end where they kind of, um, they're all getting together and, um, she's like, you guys are more similar than you guys realize. And, um, I, I it's, it's really great. Um, but yeah, I think next season the tournament will be the big thing and we'll have, it would be cool to have like three different dojos kind of competing. We'll have Miguel and Robbie is probably like the top two fighters. Well, we'll see what happens with Miguel because he, he kind of needed a nerf because he was like the most powerful, you know, before mm -hmm. the, the accident, um, <laughs> broke his back yeah. freaking Bane. I don't know if he should be fighting anymore. I feel like once you've had such a, you know, bad injury that you kind of, he should probably retire permanently from, from competitive 
karate, but martial yeah. arts. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my opinion. But, um, I mean, he almost, you know, never walked again. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back to his usual self by the end of the fourth season. But does Samantha have to take out Robbie who is in the final match? Cause it's going to come down to a one-on-one. Who is it going right. to be, you know, that, that remains to be seen. Um, and, you know, is there a world where yin and yang, you know, you have Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do coexisting in the valley where, you know, you learn defense at Miyagi-Do and offense at Cobra Kai or, you know, right. it, it, you know, they, they, they could both coexist as two sides of the same coin. And wow, you know, different but same is what uh, Miyagi said in the, in the original. And that's pretty much what Daniel and Johnny are. And they're just exploring that more yeah. uh, throughout it. So I'm looking forward to... Uh, season four for sure. And it's been a, a quite a ride. Uh, these first three better than I ever, like you said, and then it has any right to. Yeah. Be. And I think that's the main thing. Like it's just, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, um, I would say if you haven't seen it yet and you were kind of hesitant, I'd say just watch it because, um, you'll probably get hooked. And if you don't, then, you know, you won't, but I think it's, it's, it's better than, than I expected it to be going in and it's better than it has any right to be. And, um, I'm looking forward to the next season. Hell yeah, man. Badass. All right. Well, it seems like we're getting dangerously close to final thoughts territory. So let's go ahead, get on over, talk our final thoughts, and then uh, we'll finish this introductory class into Cobra Kai right after this. All right, listen up, nerds. We're getting our final thoughts for Cobra Kai YouTube slash Netflix series. So listen up. Um, yeah, man. Final thoughts, Cobra Kai. Again, you know, I think we both really enjoyed it. Uh, me as a huge Karate Kid fan, you as a passing um, fan, I guess. You know, yeah. You're familiar with it, right? And I think it's given me a new appreciation for the movies and made me want to go back and rewatch them. And just, I mean seeing the, just the little clips that they flash back to sometime in the show, like it, it makes me interested in it. And obviously the, you know, the performance of Pat Morita is definitely a, re- a reason alone to watch it. Um, so yeah, the first three movies, Pat Morita, obviously the biggest kind of loss uh, of people they can't bring back for this show would be Pat Morita. I mean, he's legendary. So when you ask Cobra Kai or Miyagi Do, it's like, fuck, you know, you can't not give it to, Pat Morita, right. you know, like you want Miyagi to be your sensei, but if I cannot have Miyagi, I would rather have Johnny than Daniel um, as my sensei. Yeah, I mean to go with the you know the Star Wars uh, references again. I mean Miyagi really is the Yoda <laughs> of the whole thing, just like the 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 wise man who um, you know you should always listen to because he's always got a lesson for something. Yeah, and if he decides to burn the ancient Jedi text, you burn him. Right? Yeah, they just need to bring his Force ghost back and. No, that would be a little over the top probably, but <laughs> maybe a little over the top. But yeah, you know, just, just a little stuff, you know, what kind of belt do you have in the first movie? And he says three ninety nine, JC Penny, you like it? You know, in Okinawa belt means you don't need a rope to hold up your pants. Right. <laughs> he just, he's very playful. Like you whatever. he's like, you know, I don't care about the loftiness of a black belt, white belt. Um, and I think those callbacks are great. And a couple that I missed is just when he goes back to Okinawa, he sees Kumiko, dancing on the stage for like a you know cultural festival Mm -hmm. but then in the original movie she's dancing with the kids just to show she's good with kids in the village so it's like she still has the spirit Mm. of that character and it's you know it's two sides of the same coin and just that kind of stuff when you go back and watch them it definitely is worth it and like i said it's one of the few times where the sequels 100% 100% add to the originals. I don't think I can say that for the Disney Star Wars as much as I like certain things here and there. Right. Overall, they are they are less successful in building out the universe and making the original movies feel more rich, mm-hmm. you know, by comparison. Yeah, this show is almost like the Mandalorian of co- of the Karate Kid universe, right? That that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's like the Mandalorian of the Karate Kid universe and it's just a uh, Again, all the echoes. Daniel had a single mother and was bullied and kind of scrawny, dark hair, dark eyes. Miguel has a single mother getting bullied, right. scrawny. Like he's Miguel is literally just Daniel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's just it's just fun to see, and I, I love it. And 
I don't know what else I can say. I just can't recommend it more, and I'm looking forward to season four. You know? Yeah, it really is good. I mean, definitely can be hit or miss sometimes when they're focusing on some of the characters that aren't as well developed. But um, when it's you know when it's dealing with the core characters that are really strong, I think it works really well. Um, but on the other hand, I think the ensemble nature of it really works for the most part. So even the the side characters kind of get fleshed out a little more, um, and I like to see that. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to the next season. And uh, I'm also interested in going back and rewatching the original movies. So um, I think it's successful in that regard. Yeah, yeah. They, they do kind of ramp up in cheese. I think number three, there's some... It, it's good cheese, though. Yeah. Like three gets pretty pretty extreme, but um, it's, it's in a good way. And they're definitely worth revisiting because this just adds such a rich layer to that universe. They're calling it, I think the Miyagi verse is right. what this universe is called. Yeah. And it does not include Jaden Smith, but it includes Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. So we'll need to see her <laughs> again. Hopefully we get Mike Barnes and Terry Silver back. Yeah. Even if she's, I don't know, just shows up at the end, you know, nice job, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's Miguel on the back. Right. Like that's all I need. Right. Yeah. And I like, you know, even oh. with Daniel, you know, Daniel's reverence of, of Mr. Miyagi, they kind of even poke fun at that a little bit at times where like, it's like, Oh, when you were a kid, your best friend was an old man, <laughs> you know, like, right. Um, it's a little, a little strange, but you know, it works for him. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and people would joke about the original Karate Kid. Oh, Miyagi, you know, assaulted those 17 year olds at the Halloween party. Right. But, but that's what Johnny, Johnny does, assaults a right. bunch of 17 year olds. Yeah. And they address so, it like, oh, it's, I heard you beat up some kids. It's, it's like poetry. It rhymes. It really is. They're based, so Karate Kid, uh, Cobra Kai is the Mandalorian. That is true. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a special show and I'm surprised at how well it took off. I think if it stayed on YouTube, you know, no one would be talking about it right now. I think moving to Netflix is the best thing that could have happened uh, for it. Yeah, I think so. Cause I never even, um, had a really a chance to watch it on YouTube because I didn't want to pay for YouTube bread or anything, but, um, Netflix kind of saved it. And I think it was, you know, when the new season came out, it was one of the most watched shows on Netflix. So, um, Definitely props to Netflix for for saving the show and realizing what they had. And I don't know if you know this, but the, the creators of the show, it's not the, I mean, the original director of uh, the original movies died, unfortunately. Um, but the the people that made the show were actually the people behind the Harold and Kumar movies. Did you know that? Oh, I did yeah. not know that. So that's kind of interesting. Wow. But um, maybe that's kind of why some of the comedy actually works pretty well. That's true. Yeah. I, there's some buddy cop elements you get every once in a while that remind me of some Harold and Kumar antics, yeah. especially when like Daniel and him going in and Johnny going into the car dealership mm-hmm. is uh, very funny. And I, I love uh, just the lack of connection to the modern world Johnny has when he wants to send it to the internet right. and stuff yeah. like that. You can't figure <laughs> so. out Facebook or anything. Um, yeah. Or web. <laughs> right. We got to start one of those right. hash brown, hash brown, you know, Cobra Kai. <laughs> Yeah, make the put put a thunderstruck under it. I don't think we the rights are too expensive. No, I already own it. Cassettes in the car. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Last maybe notes here. The soundtrack is also very good for this. Um, they're pulling a lot of motifs and themes from the original score. Um, so you get the rock and roll for Cobra Kai and the more flute based, mm-hmm. you know, melodic stuff for the Miyagi Do, and it's uh, it works. Um, like I said, different but same. This is different than Karate Kid, but the same in a lot of ways. And yeah, I can't help but recommend it. it. I don't think it has like a huge budget, but I think they they do the best with what they have and they make it work. Um, And I'd say the quality stays pretty strong. Um, Even though the first season I still still think is the best, um, the quality stayed pretty strong. And I definitely recommend it to all the normies out there. Yeah, there we go. So if you're sick of being a nerd loser... Why don't you throw on Cobra Kai on Netflix, binge all three seasons, become a badass like me and Jacob here. Wait, he's not Jacob anymore. He's Mongoose. Call me Mongoose. Mongoose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so get like me and Mongoose, right? We're, good. We're a bunch of badasses. We had a good time on this episode. We hope you enjoyed it as well. Be sure to go to our socials, YouTube, Normies Like Us, Instagram, Normies Like Us, Twitter, Normies Like Us. Let us know what you thought of the episode. If you like Cobra Kai or not, are you an Eagle Fang? Are you a Miyagi-Do or Cobra? And uh, yeah, thanks for listening and be sure to stay tuned for more episodes in the future. That's right. See you, normies. All right.
Seeing armies. That's right. Signing off. This is uh, Michael Kai, Never Die. And this is Mongoose, the most badass karate guy in the valley. See ya. <laughs>